Good morning, Maranatha. It's time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Uh, this is, in essence, a, 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 a Sunday morning church service. The word part of a Sunday morning church service is what we're trying to achieve right now because we believe that the Word of God is as it says of itself. It is quick and powerful, alive, and full of potential. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sharper than any two-edged sword. So we're going to go to battle today with a mighty sword of the Spirit as one of our weapons, the Word of the Living God. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're part of our physical congregation right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates, where I have been the pastor, president, director, and evangelist of the Holy Church of God for 46 years and counting. Glory be to God. You know, the enemy has, he's relentless. He's never stopped trying to discourage us, dissuade us from our mission and from our vision for the Lord. And and he's never going to stop. I do not expect a ceasefire. I am not seeking some kind of peace agreement with the devil. I'm, I'm, I am looking for a victory in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise. Praise God. I'm looking for a victory for the glory of God. How about you? We're going to be talking about a subject today that's really important to that victory. We're going to be talking about the ultimate conflict, light and darkness. The ultimate conflict, light and darkness. Now, I want to say something before we go to the scripture. And that is that a very real battle is raging. And I want to make this very clear today. The war is not political. It may seem that that's where all of our energies and focus and intercession should be directed because we see uh, the the polarization uh, of, of, of the political parties and we see uh, how far away from the Judeo-Christian ethic that this nation was founded on. See, I know all of that. We know all of that is very, very true. But that is not where the real battle is raging. And that is not where the real victory will ever be won. It is not a racial thing either between cultures and colors. It is not about that. It's not about the the political parties, Republican or Democrat, although there is a battle going on here. Listen, kingdoms are in conflict. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And when we're distracted by the real arena of battle, we, we, <laughs> we endeavor to win with good intentions, but with fleshly weapons. And we're trying to win a spiritual war with weapons of the flesh. We spend our time, our talents, our energies in vain, because nothing short of a Holy Ghost revival beginning in the church will impact our families, our nation, and ultimately our world. I want you to know we can make a difference, but we're not going to make a difference while we sit back in in, an assumed self-righteous posture and try to win it with the weapons of the flesh. Because the weapons of our warfare, according to the Scripture, are not carnal, but they are mighty, through God 
to the pulling down of strongholds. Praise God. Amen. The casting down of imaginations, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We are spiritual warriors, dear friend, if you're a Christian, and we are in a spiritual battle. And so that's what we want to talk about this morning is winning it spiritually. Now, that doesn't mean that we we stay out of politics. We should be very involved, but we should understand that this is not a political conflict. There are powers behind all of this. And we're going to talk about all of that today. Let's talk about where we are and who we are and what God wants us to do right here, right now, in the midst of all of these conflicts to win this battle before the king comes back. Hallelujah. Philippians two fourteen through 16 says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Don't get involved in the arguments, in other words. Listen, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. I I might as well highlight that in the midst of what it has become now and where we are living in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The Apostle Paul had planted the seed of the word, the seed of the gospel into others that were going to remain after he went on to heaven to his reward. And he wanted us to be harmless, blameless, the sons of God, to be God's luminaries. You know, we used to sing this little light of mine in Sunday school. Well, we brought it into the morning service, this little light of mine, because it's a catchy little tune. But the darkness is so dark. This little light attitude is not going to pierce it or penetrate it. We're not going to be courageous enough to be the the soldiers of the light that we need to be in the circumstances we're in, in a wicked and perverse generation and world. This bright light of mine, listen, the light of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the brightest light in the universe, brighter than the sun, brighter than the stars, hallelujah. It has the power, the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done on the cross. But listen, they're not going to care how much we know until they know how much we care. We've got to live our life, not caught up in the conflicts that 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 have 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 materialized because of the darkness pushing back against the light. But when we're caught up in the flow of God's heart and God's spirit to reach out into this sin darkened world with the light 
of the glory of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the good news that the, that that the sinner can be saved. The prisoner of darkness can be set free. I want to read this from the Amplified today. Amen. Listen. It says, Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God, questioning and doubting among yourselves, that you may show yourself to be blameless and guiltless, innocent and uncontaminated. (laughs) Amen. The children of God without blemish, faultless and unrebukable in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse among whom you are seen, if you're living for God, if you're following Christ, listen, as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world, holding out to it and offering to all men the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may have something to, of which to exultantly Rejoice and glory in that I did not run my race in vain or spend my labor to no purpose. You know what discourages pastors today? To sow the holy seed of the word into so many Christian lives and to see those lives not bring forth enough fruit from that seed because the heart hasn't become good ground enough for the seed to flourish and grow and become fruitful, that Christians might interact with this sin-darkened world and have enough light, hallelujah, through the fruit of the Spirit and by the, to offer the Word of God to where people would sit up and listen when we share the gospel with them. Amen. Hallelujah. It, it, it is so disconcerting and discouraging when we sow and sow and sow and don't see Christians that are able to lead other people to Jesus. We're able to argue uh, our point with them. Some people know the Bible so well they can argue uh, a real good argument quoting Scripture, but people don't care how much we know. I'm going to say it again till they know how much we care. And if people don't see something in us that is bringing a peace that the world can't give, a joy that no sin can grant, amen, until they see in us a contentment in God that nothing in the world can, can bring to them, they're not going to listen. We can't hold out the word of life to them if we don't live a life that represents all of the blessing and all of the benefit of knowing Jesus. Listen, our battle is not with flesh and blood. Listen to Ephesians 6 and verse 12. It said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, the enemy wants us to get into those arguments. He, he, he wants us to think that we can win the argument by quoting scripture to people or arguing scripture with people or <laughs> beating them over the head with the Bible, if you please. But that never wins an argument. That never wins a soul. Listen, because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood and their weapons are not therefore carnal, but they are mighty through God. Hallelujah. But we are arguing against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. 
For not, we're not, let me read that from another translation. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against despotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness, against the heavenly supernatural sphere. You know, listen, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I am, I, I see energies. I see time. I see talent. I see, I see everything but a move to, 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 toward a spiritual God sent Holy Ghost revival in the true church today. It's like we can figure this out. We can fight and we can win through politics. We can do it through uh, confronting the cultural with with how sinful they are and showing them in the Bible how wrong they are. Listen, we should confront them. We should show them. But we've got to do it with an understanding that they're not going to listen They're not going to hear. They're not going to see what they need to see, no matter how powerfully we may present it without the Holy Spirit bringing a revival in and through us. I've often stated, every time the Word of God is preached, spiritual warfare is waged. Every time we share the gospel, we enter into the arena of spiritual battle. Light and darkness clash. And there's a very real battle raging for the souls of men and women. And if you don't believe in the devil, <laughs> as as one great Christian of old, great Christian preacher said, someone asked D.L. Moody, in fact, uh, a journalist asked him, "How I, I hear you speak and you, you, you sound like a very articulate and intelligent man. How can you believe in an entity called the devil? And he answered him very clearly, not with scripture, but he said this. He said, if you don't believe in the devil, just try opposing him sometime. Amen. Listen, the world is under Satan's influence distinctly and directly. Listen to what 1 John 5.19 says. It says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world, the whole world lieth in wickedness. In the Greek, that means in the power of the evil one, in the influence of the evil one. This is a time of great opportunity and responsibility because we are called to be God's luminaries, God's lights, God's beacons. We are to shine in the midst of this darkness. And in order to shine in the midst of this darkness, we've got to begin to live our faith with dedication and devotion. Matthew five thirteen through 16 says, Ye are the salt, the words of Christ. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill which cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men 
that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. The world doesn't need another definition of Christianity. They need a demonstration of Christianity. In the first generation of the Christian church, Tertullian wrote of them, he said, he said, when they meet one another, this is highly unusual. Even if they've never met before, they have no affiliation before. But when two of these Christians meet, they greet each other as long lost friends. Oh, my Lord. What did Jesus say? He said, by this. It's singular. It, by this. We need to get this right if this is so powerful and pertinent to us and to witnessing to the world in the midst of this dark darkness that we are in. Listen, by this shall all men know, whether they admit it, whether they acknowledge it, in their heart of hearts they will know, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. This is not about your denomination. This is not about my uh, organization. No, this is about the Christian faith finding a footing and a foothold to stand and be a witness for Jesus in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Not just one for another, but one to another, a demonstrable love. And that's why Tertullian, a historian of the emerging Christian church, hallelujah, he said, he said, listen, the, these people are strange ducks. They, they, they meet one another as if they are long lost friends. They love one another. And that love for one another became a light in the darkness. We need, in other words, to behave what we believe. Amen. Someone said, I'm my neighbor's Bible. He reads me when we meet. Today, he reads me in my home tomorrow in the street. He may be a relative or friend or slight acquaintance be. He may not even know my name, yet he is reading me. Friend, he's reading me. People read me. They read you when we interact within this 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 kingdom conflicted world and we represent a different king and we represent a different kingdom praise god hallelujah listen to titus 2 11 through 14 it said for the grace of god that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly listen in this present world looking for that blessed hope the glorious appearing of the great god and our savior jesus christ who gave himself for us 
that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people. I said, <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and put strange ducks in there. Amen. We are, we are, uh, <laughs> we, we, the world don't get us and they won't get us until they get saved. But if, we, if someone comes out of this world, world's influence and element and comes to Jesus, they'll not only get us, they'll become one of us and one with us in witnessing to others. Amen. A peculiar people, zealous of good works. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read it from the Amplified. It said, Who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity, and purify for himself a people to be peculiarly his own, people who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. Now, a little bit of misleading to me in in this connotation is that we are not just philanthropists. There are people in the world with big hearts that give of themselves and of their their riches to help other people. Uh, but I believe the greatest of the good works here is not just those good deeds which should be there. Amen. But that doesn't really separate us from Bill Gates, who really said at one point, and I hope that has changed. I pray that it's changed in his life. But ask about his religious persuasions. He said in the sheer, and I'm quoting from, you know, 15 years ago or more. He said in the sheer allocation of time, I do not have time uh, or in, in for religion. Uh, I pray that has changed. But what I'm saying is if he doesn't know Christ as his Savior and he gives so much of his substance to to help others or to to beneficial things that's philanthropism and a lot of people do that without knowing Jesus but you don't love like Christians are supposed to love unless you know Christ and that's why it is a singular witness to the world you don't deny yourself you don't put the kingdom first unless you're a Christian and if you put the kingdom first and you turn down a substantial raise so you can be in church and 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 grow in God so you can be a witness to others a uh, friend of mine the world don't make those kind of choices. Only a devoted Christian. And I don't believe we can use the word Christian apart from devotion. I <laughs> like what Vance Abner said many years ago. He said, he said, a, a worldly Christian? You might as well talk to me about a heavenly devil. They don't mix. You can't, how can you be a Christian and not be devoted to Christ? And not be a disciple of Jesus. How can we be translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son? Amen. And not represent that kingdom and its values that is in direct diametric conflict with the kingdom of this world. Listen, in order to see this victory, we must win this spiritual battle and we must stand firm in the faith today. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men and be strong. That word quit here means to act like 
true, mature men and women of God and be strong. There's an old Christian anthem that says, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. We need to see ourselves as spiritual warriors in a spiritual battle. And we need to do what the Bible said, and that's put on the armor of light and go to battle in the against the 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 powers of darkness but but arrayed in the armor of light the armor of god who is light hallelujah is the armor of light and as we commit to follow Christ instead of of the culture and we follow Jesus instead of the sin-darkened values of the world we represent his kingdom a different kingdom hallelujah and I'm going to tell you something you can get in the darkest room you can get into the midst of darkness where there's not a shimmer of light or a shadow and you can take a little bitty light but that light will push back the darkness. Praise God. I believe we can have a revival before Jesus comes. But I believe that that revival, the responsibility for it is not the world being suddenly uh, turning around because we have somehow been able to manipulate it through through legislations. And we should legislate right laws. I'm not against that. I'm for it. I vote for it. I'm involved in that. But I know it can't win this ultimate battle. We've tried it. It hasn't. We've tried it. And we should continue to fight that fight in those arenas. But the real battle is raging beyond those arenas. And the reason we're seeing not seeing victory in those arenas is because we're not fighting it in the arena where the real battle is raging. The ultimate conflict, dear friend, is between light and darkness. Listen to me very carefully. In Ephesians 6.10 where it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world, this present sin-darkened world. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand that you might be able to stand in the evil day. Amen. Therefore, stand with your... And then it enumerates the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your loins girt about with truth, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and then having done all, Stand, hallelujah. And the next verse, so what we have here, listen to it. We have, we have the, we have the adversary and all of these forces under his power and control that are influencing all of the darkness in the hearts of men and women, all of the darkness in, in this world. And then we have the armor necessary to stand and fight 
to win in the midst of all of this darkness. This is the armor of light. And let me tell you something else about it. It says to put on the armor of light, to take the whole armor of God, and to put on Jesus Christ in the Scriptures. To put on Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, coming to maturity and coming forth in our life is the, is, is nothing less than the replication of Christ characteristics in the life of a Christian. And it is then when our light begins to shine in a sin darkened world. That's why we need a revival in the church, the true church, regardless of denominational persuasion. There has to be a spiritual awakening. We we need fruit from all of the seed of the word that's been sown into our hearts. Our hearts once again need to be good ground hearts. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have the adversary in Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10. And we have the armor necessary to stand and fight to the finish and to the victory over this adversary. And it is spiritual adversary and it is supernatural spiritual armor. And then we have the arena of battle. The next verse says, praying, 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 praying. Listen, I heard someone the other day really discount praying because we're not involved enough in the, in, in, in all of the other things that we need to be involved in, but not at the expense of praying. Someone actually said we, we're spending too much time. The church just wants to pray. Listen, the church needs to pray. If without prayer, none of these victories that we seek in these other areas and arenas are going to occur, and the devil already knows that. He doesn't mind that we are activated and enthusiastic and we're dead set on getting our point across. Friend of mine, the world just doesn't care, and the world just isn't listening until there is a spiritual awakening in the church and a spiritual piercing of the darkness. The Bible said the God of this world has blinded the minds of men lest they would see the glory of the gospel and be saved. Friend of mine, we need to begin to bind the one who is blinding the others over them that bringing every thought into captivity, casting down imaginations. This is the battle for the mind. And it's a spiritual battle. And it can only be won with spiritual weaponry. But thank God we are well equipped. When we take the armor of God, we put on the armor of light. And when we put on the armor of light, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Friend of mine, when we begin to represent Him and His kingdom, there's going to be a, 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 an attraction to that kingdom because nothing in the world can give you the peace and the joy and the confidence and the consolation of being truly right with God and following Jesus. Hallelujah. And then we need to get ready to be an effective witness because hope is going to arise in our hearts that no one and nothing in this world can offer. 
Hallelujah. And then the Bible said, you better be instant in season, out of season. You better be ready in at all times to give a reason for the hope that is in you. You see, people are going to ask. And when they ask, and when they ask, not just verbally, but when they ask because they come to us, they see something in us, they're drawn to us. Because in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, we shine as lights in the world. Oh God, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we need a mighty move of God in the Holy Church of God. That's our organizational affiliation. But we need it in the Holy Church of God globally. We need it where true Christians come together and we need it in the heart of every child of God. I want to be a light. How about you? I want my light to shine. Hallelujah. I want to see victories for the kingdom of God. I want to see souls translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And I want to see it before Jesus comes. I want to see people ready for His coming. I want to see people escaping the wrath to come during the great tribulation because they are ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Listen, today we need a revival. It's up to you and it's up to me to allow God to send that revival in us and through us so that in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, we shine (laughs) in spite of the darkness in spite of the persecution, in spite of being ostracized, set apart, people don't want nothing to do with us. Listen, we're children of the light and we're reaching out into the darkness for souls. That's what it's really all about. The battle for the mind is the battle for the will. And the battle for the will is the battle for the soul when the gospel is preached. So Paul said, and pray for me, recognize your enemy, put on your armor, come into the arena of battle where you utilize that armor, and pray for me and for all saints that utterance may be given unto me. This very eloquent, educated man says, I can't win it with my eloquence. I can't win it with my education. This is a spiritual battle, and when I speak, I want the gospel to pierce the darkness in the minds of men and women so that the light can shine into their hearts. We love you today. If you don't know Jesus, don't run from Him. Run to Him. Come to Christ. You the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus will shatter the dark, shatter the darkness, break those prison bars, and the prisoner can be set free in Jesus' name.